Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with the Teacher. I am your host, JB McConney. And in this episode, I wanted to talk about a variety of things that have really been plaguing my mind and really preoccupying me, not just with my job, but in education in general. Because naturally, this is what I think about in my spare time or even when I'm talking to other people. Uh, The first is just talking about teacher burnout and systems of support not being in place, which is something that I feel like I always think about and I always talk about. And if you're a fellow educator out there, you definitely think about teacher burnout and just the systems that aren't there or either broken, that are unable to adequately support fellow educators and keeping us around and keeping us feeling supported, confident, constantly growing, and also just making sure we're in a good space. The second thing I want to talk about is just how to invest parents and build a network with schools. Not saying that I have an answer, it's more just my musings on the problems that I see. I don't have any solutions because, in all honesty, there aren't any quick solutions. And the last is just talking about my own thoughts and reflections about where I see myself in the next five years, ten years, and just where I see myself within education. Hope you enjoy. All right, so diving into the first topic, t- topic talking about teacher burnout and systems of support not being in place. And I want to start off with a story. I'm going to keep the names out of it, obviously for confidential purposes. There was a story in the news recently about a teacher who pretty much just popped off on a student. And um, she took it way too far. I just want to preface it by saying I do not excuse this teacher's actions. Right? The teacher was very upset, got up in the student's face, slammed her phone down, called her the B word and proceeded to breathe in her face and yell at her with her mask down on purpose and just a a terrible situation all around. And of course, this was picked up, went viral. The rest is history. That teacher no longer works for the school. And I talk about this not only because I was close to the situation in terms of uh, supporting, you know, the school, but also just because I think Oftentimes in these situations where you see them a lot, it's often one-sided in the story that you're being given. And again, I preface it by saying I in no way excuse the actions of the teacher. They were highly inappropriate and not mature actions. However, when the news portrays it, all people see at home is, wow, teachers are acting crazy. Wow, who hires teachers? Like, are these the people that they're hiring? Or how could you do that to a, a kid? Or things like that. And While those thoughts are definitely valid, I want to bring a teacher's perspective in of just saying and trying to encourage empathy building. When the parent and the the kid were interviewed, there was no mention of the fact that the student was being disrespectful, the student was refusing to put her phone away, and that it had clearly been weeks and weeks and weeks of disrespect and a broken relationship and just a really frustrating and tough time for a teacher. And a teacher straight from college, which this teacher was, feeling this frustration and feeling this lack of respect, she snapped. And again, all you see is these teachers' actions on the back end, but you don't see the lack of support and the frustration that had been building for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I want to, you know, again, I don't want to excuse her actions, but I also don't want to put the solely put the blame on the teacher as an individual and instead look at the bigger picture because it's happening way too often to blame only the teacher. And it's so easy just to blame the teacher and not look at the big picture and to see that the broken system is creating this frustration and this burnout 
The fact that the teacher felt so fed up and so frustrated and so disrespected and unsupported that she had to resort to these actions is really a microcosm and really just a referendum on the education system as a whole. Where was the support for her? Where was the consequences that the students were given previously in the weeks before? Where was the encouragement and the growth and the development that she, it was not there. And so I, I would have liked to see the parent and the, the, the kid when they were interviewed also bring up, yes, you know, I was being disrespectful and that was not appropriate. And I'll definitely make sure I correct my behavior. However, that being said, the teacher was disrespectful and the teacher deserves to be fired and her actions are inexcusable. That's exactly true. But it's also realizing that there's another perspective and there's also a uh, you can't just play the victim, in other words. The way the, the mother was talking was as if her child had done nothing wrong at all. She had said, well, you know, if, um, if my child was, was not listening, they should have called the principal. And I like how that was her reaction rather than if my child was not acting well and disrespecting, she should have called me. We should be able to call the parent and boom, that is it. No misbehavior, no disrespect. It's nipped in the butt immediately. Where was that? Why do we have to call the principal who's having to deal with 200 other incidents and simply does not have time nor the capacity to come help? Why can't we call you and you talk to your daughter so this doesn't happen again, right? These are questions and conversations that we have to be having instead of just seeing this news and saying, wow, these teachers be wilding. And I'll have to be honest, some of the things that I saw on the news, the comments that people from the community, people around the country were saying just without knowing anything about the situation, seeing a black teacher um, and it just comments like, you know, I guess they're hiring people from the cafeteria now and they're just taking anyone from the streets and, and comments that are clearly inappropriate, rude, racist undertones. And I hate that this one teacher's actions and this one moment um, of indiscretion turns into a referendum on this is what teachers are doing. As a teacher, as an educator, and I know you educators out there, is disrespectful to us and it's not true and we're not just hired from the streets we are trained we work hard and we seek every day to develop ourselves to be there for our students it's time we speak up for each other because again these stories are not being told and instead the blame is constantly put on us okay so i wanted to share that story because it really really frustrated me um i know that the teacher deserved to be fired and rightly so was fired but again bringing in a perspective to say let's de dig a little deeper because it's going to happen again and again and again and we're never going to solve the problem until we acknowledge that is a two-way street and the respect has to go both ways okay i've been there i've been there and if you're an educator and you're listening to this you've been there too anger that frustration that feeling of disrespect and you just can't take it anymore i've never done that an indiscretion that I made, which was I threw a kid's backpack outside the classroom. I asked the kid to leave because they were being disrespectful. They were throwing things. They were refusing to do their work. They were yelling out right when I was talking. And this was, of course, my first year teaching when I was just a young punk, 21-year-old punk straight from college where I thought, hey, everyone's going to listen to me. Everyone's going to be respectful, right? That's what Teach for America promised. And when I went in there and it wasn't this and the kid was looking straight at me as he was banging the desk as I was trying to teach, and I said, can you please leave? And he said, no. He looked me straight in the eye and said, no, I'm not leaving. So then I went to him and I picked up his backpack and I tossed it outside and I said, you need to leave. And to this day, it's been a regret of mine because it kind of just plays into the narrative of, 
you know, exactly what the parent wanted to hear because, you know, the mom really let me have it. Three years later, she was still bringing it up as to why that's why her child was misbehaving, which, you know, I think says a lot about how she raises her kid. But anyway, um, I knew that was going to come and bite me in the butt and it did, but it was a good learning experience. But I share this just to say, we've all been there. We've all been frustrated and we've all been at that point. We've done different things, but why do we have to feel this way? Why do we have to have this feeling when all we want to do is just help students and teach? Where's the help? Where's the support? It's not there. Teachers are exhausted. Teachers are frustrated. Teachers are leaving. Why? Are we okay with this? Let's set a higher bar. Let's expect more in supporting our teachers instead of just saying, okay, one teacher's out, let's get a sub in. If you're a parent, you don't want this constant revolving door of teachers who are constantly leaving and getting frustrated. You want teachers to be there for the long haul, building relationships with your kids as they grow from middle school to high school and graduating. That can't happen if teachers are not sustainable because the systems of support are not there. I have another teacher. Kids are so disrespectful. They're throwing things. They threw a crayon by her head. She tries to talk to the principal. Principal never answers. She sent 12 emails. No response. She's knocked on his door. No response. Why? He says, deal with it. He says, inside your classroom, you need to deal with it. She sends him to the office. She sends those three boys to the office. Boom, they send him back. You have to deal with it. Teacher's ready to walk out. She's ready to grab her purse, go to the parking lot, get in her car, and go home. But she's committed to the students. But that commitment and that work ethic and that lack of support can only go so far. A human being cannot take that much. Especially when you go home and you're with your parents and it's the weekend and you're resting and you're relaxing and you're like, wow, I want this feeling. I want a normal job that doesn't make me feel as terrible as I feel. So let me leave and go find something else. Boom, another teacher lost. All right, so we have to find a way to invest parents and build a system, build a network within schools of collaboration, right? When you send your kid to school, it's not, okay, they're going to go to school from the hours of 8 to 4, then at 4 o'clock, 4.01, boom, they're done with school. School should be 24-7. Learning should be 24-7. You send your kid to school. I teach them. I send them home. You continue educating them. You read to them. You ask what they did in school. You work with them. You do their homework with them. You work on things that we worked in on in class. Then you send them in the morning, and, uh, and we continue in the classroom, right? It has to be this. It can't just be here, boom, learn, okay, come home, get on your phone, eat dinner, watch TV, do your homework, whatever. Take interest. Invest. Put energy in. Care. Support your kid's teacher. Add on to what they're doing. Ask them what they're doing. Work with them. Ask the teacher how you can help at home. We have to build this connection and treat it like almost co-parenting, teamwork, collaboration. Sorry, it's been a tough week. And I don't mean me particularly. I almost feel like I have survivor's guilt in that I'm not on the front lines. I'm able to pop in, coach you know, provide feedback, observe 30 minutes, boom, then I'm gone on to another classroom, right? That teacher's having to get, having to be in that classroom eight hours a day, five days a week, nonstop. 
we have to change this. And I, I think this is more coming, this frustration is more just coming from helplessness. Like, what can I do? How can I support them? If they tell me, hey, I want to quit, what do I tell them? If I were in their shoes, would I quit? Maybe. I was lucky in my situation. But if I were in some of their situations, I don't know if I could take it. So anyway, um, I, I wanted to touch on um, just in thinking about me personally and thinking about just all the thoughts that are in my head as far as education and education as a whole. And I want to kind of flash back to when I was 19 years old. I was at Rice and I went on an alternative spring break that, you know, um, it's a cliche, but it changed my life. Um, and it was an alternative spring break in uh, Jackson, Louisiana. We basically went into a really poor community and were basically teacher's assistants. But it was my first time just interacting with students, seeing what a classroom was like, the, t- the work the teacher had to do. It was pretty much just an opportunity to build relationships with kids in such diverse circumstances and really tough environments and just hearing and listening and hanging out with them. And really, that was my introduction to, you know, the impact that an educator can make. And I loved it. I loved it. I realized later actually teaching is much harder. (laughs) It's not just relationship building. In fact, it's a lot of work. But I flash back to that moment because from then on, I said, I can do this. I can be that teacher that when kids graduate and when kids go on to be super successful, they remember me. They talk about me when they're being interviewed of someone who changed their life. I said, that could be me. I said, I could be that principal that turns around a school that's struggling the principle that's embedded in the community. But now I don't know. It almost feels like you have to make so much sacrifice. Five-year commitment, that's what I was told. To be a principal of a turnaround school and to be successful, five-year commitment minimum. To get to know the community, to get to know the families, to build trust with the administration and the fellow teachers. Five years. Get there six in the morning. Don't leave till eight. Stay after. Visit parents' houses. Visit families. Work with students after school. 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Five years. Are you willing to do it? Some people are. And those people are heroes. And those people are the people that you see in the news and you see as the principals of some of those schools that just do amazing, amazing things. 19-year-old me says, I want to be one of those people. 26-year-old me says... I don't know. I used to leave school at 6.30, then 6. Then I got my first dog, and it became 5. Got my second dog, it became 4.30. When I have my own kids, it might be 4.15. As soon as I am done, I want to get home. I want to go walk my dog. I'm going to go hang out with my girlfriend. That's what I want to do. But I also want to make an impact. So it's hard. It's hard and it'll continue to get harder. And that's why it's just so hard to fathom the amount of sacrifices and and effort that so many people put in to really make just a huge impact. And I'm processing this because I just don't know. I still think I can make an impact and I still think I can make a change and a positive, you know, impact on the world. But As far as going above and beyond, it requires so much sacrifice. I don't know if I can stay past 9 p.m. for five years. I mean, maybe I could, but I don't know if I want to. 
when I have kids, I'm going to want to spend every waking moment free time with them. It's a choice that I'll have to make, but it's a hard choice. And I feel like if we create sustainable systems, it won't ha- people won't have to make that choice. Principals, teachers, administration, they won't have to make that choice because it'll be a team effort. You don't have to stay till 9 p.m. every day. You stay once a week. Once a week, another teacher stays. Then another principal. Right? But instead, you're asking these, these individuals to go into these environments and change it and turn it around from a trajectory that's failing all by themselves. And that's really that a path that 19-year-old me says, you know what, I'm going to do it. And now it's changed. I still think there's a path for me, and I still think that there's an impact that I can make within education. I just got to figure out what that is while also realizing I want a successful life for myself, for my family, and for my future kids, and something that's sustainable. I want to be in education for life, and I know it's a marathon and not a sprint. So I have to manage my expectations and realize the true amount of work and effort that it takes to truly be a transformational leader. It's easy to say it. It's much harder to do it, and it requires so much sacrifice. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of Tea Time with the Teacher. Here coming up, we've got uh, future episodes with great, great educators from all different parts of the world. They're going to bring such a fresh perspective, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear them. So stay tuned here in the next couple of weeks as we near the Thanksgiving time around family um, and then the winter time. I know if you're an educator listening out this to this, we are almost there. All right, so push through. I know you're feeling burnout. I know you're feeling exhausted. Push through. We'll get to winter break. We'll reset. And then we'll go again starting in January. Thank you again for listening. And see you next time on Tea Time with the Teacher.